0: one more to get us started this morning. I could sing of your love forever. Well, like I said, we will continue those uh, prayers and and uh, different songs, but continue our singing later on. But at this particular time, I'd like to remind you of the many different things that are happening here at Edgeboro Moravian Church, uh, as well as in the community. But uh, October is a really busy month around here, especially. So today, today is the crop walk. Uh, later today, uh, actually, right after this service uh at 1:30, uh, the crop walk will will take place uh there will be a group of us that are walking uh we'll meet down at the hill to hill bridge starting at 1:30, and we're not quite sure how far we're going to walk yet but the one and three and six mile loops are all kind of connected so we'll see what we feel like doing um if you'd also if you'd like to participate in that everyone is welcome to uh to take a walk with us at 1:30. Uh, or you can donate either in person, you can make the donations to the church office, to a uh, church world service, uh, or you can donate online through the church's website. You will see that the second big picture slider that comes up uh, is a link to our crop walk page. So you can donate online from there. And you can do so even after the crop walk is done. But everyone can participate in one way or another in this community event. Next Sunday, October 21st, it is our anniversary Sunday. So we will be celebrating 104 years of ministry at Edgeboro Moravian Church. Uh, We'll be celebrating with a 10 a.m. worship service. We'll be having a a love feast during the service as well. So when I say 10 a.m., I mean a single worship service. We won't have two. We'll have one. Uh, With the love feast, uh, the Edgeboro Echoes, our children's choir, will be singing uh, during that service as well. Uh, And then afterwards, we'll be having a potluck lunch together. So please, next Sunday, bring something to pass and come hungry as well. So that's next Sunday. Also with that, uh, make sure you know that the Runner's World uh, races are taking place that weekend. So if you need to find a different way to church, please make sure that you plan ahead. I believe if you go on the Runner's World uh, website for the, 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 the event website, It'll show you the the route in which the runners are taking and which streets to avoid and stuff like that. So make sure you plan ahead next Sunday if you are one that needs to plan ahead. So that's next Sunday. I'm gonna keep going a little further now. Uh, Thank you, that's right. Yes, next Sunday is also a Salvation Army lunch from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., about a mile away on Pembroke Road. A group from Edgeboro will be serving lunch there. And even if you aren't an expert in the kitchen, well they could certainly use help either uh, setting up cleaning up uh, or simply just talking to the people that are there they serve about a hundred or so people uh each time uh on a sunday afternoon not only when edge there but when other groups are there as well each sunday afternoon so that is taking place next sunday as well so a lot of stuff going on then so now i'll move on to uh, uh friday is our halloween open house and as you walked into the sanctuary today uh, you would have seen a whole bunch of uh, signups for our Halloween Open House on Friday. Uh, this will be the almost 20th year, maybe 20th year, maybe more than 20 years that we've done this, but hundreds of people do come by uh, during the public trick-or-treating hours, and uh, we would love to, uh, for you to be here as well, not only to welcome people in, but to just experience this for yourself, and come dressed for the occasion if you do. Plan out your costumes in advance. Don't do it like me, not 20 minutes before, maybe a couple days before, maybe you already have stuff in mind, but uh, I'm going to be in that same boat too. So it is what it is. The next day is our puts moss collecting at 8:30 in the morning, so join us for that as well. And then you'll notice as you before the uh, the sign up sheets, uh, you'll see collection bins. There will be a third one uh, uh, that'll be put there as well. Uh, this third one will be for collecting toiletries, but we'll also have two others that will be Uh, two other collection drives that we'll be taking on uh, at the same time. So the first one is Harvest Home, uh, a food collection for Northeast Ministry uh, for their food pantry. Uh, The next one is what Carol Schachter mentioned uh, last week about collecting shoes that will uh, be uh, either new shoes or gently used shoes that will be sold, and those proceeds will go toward relieving the the debt for uh, the uh, school district um, school lunches that take place here. So uh, you'll see a bin for that downstairs. You'll see a bin for a harvest home down there. And there will be a third one coming soon. This will be kind of the month of collections. So if you have stuff at home and you're able to help out, please bring it either during the week. We'll put the stuff in the bins or uh, come with that next Sunday as you come up to the sanctuary, put it in the bins and uh, we'll keep collecting all that stuff. So that's, did I miss anything? That's a lot of stuff, isn't it? <laughs> uh, one other thing, too. Uh, mints will be taking place. Candles were just made for the uh, uh, Christmas Eve services. Over 8,000 candles were made over the, this past week downstairs in the kitchen, um, which I think is more than last year. So they were uh, working hard this week. But the next thing that will, I guess, uh, uh, overtake our kitchen in Felschipal area is mints. You'll see in your bulletin, there's information about that. And if you're able to help out, please call Marsha Horning. But there's a whole bunch of stuff in those bulletins. Take that home and read it on your own time. I think I, I don't know how much stuff I just mentioned, but that goes to my point. There's a lot of stuff going on here. So we hope that you can join in on the the stuff and the ministry that is taking place here. Is there anything else that I missed? Good. (laughs) (laughs) So that is ministry going on outside of Sunday morning worship. But we are here on Sunday morning for worship. So let us continue on with our worship as we hear our scripture reading for today. The
1: scripture this morning is from Mark 10, verses 17 through 31. The Rich Man. As he was sitting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your mother and father he said to him teacher i have kept all these since my youth jesus looking at him loved him and said you lack one thing go sell what you own and give your money give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me when he heard this he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions then jesus looked around and said to his disciples Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals, it's impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of good news who will not receive a hundredfold, now in this age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come to eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last shall be first.
0: Thank you, Kay, for reading from the Gospel of Mark for us. At this time, I would invite the children forward our children's message. I have some paper here to help us out. Now, this isn't this isn't quite the paper I had in mind because uh, I was going to make a list with you, but this was uh, part of, I guess, really the only uh, plain paper that I could find in my office this morning. And, no, I'm just kidding. For the sake of our children's moment, we are going to use this, but um, I wanted to ask you a question. So when you think about mom or dad, they've got a lot of stuff to do, right? They're, they're busy, right? Do they ever make lists? Do they make a list of things to do sometimes? My mom always used to make a list of chores for me to do when I got home from school. And if I wasn't able to do that, I was kind of in trouble. So I made sure that I was able to do those things so I could cross them off, right? So you're gonna help me make a list. We're not going to write on this or anything, but it's more of a visual aid, okay? So help me make a list here. And here's the here's the topic, okay? Things that we could do to make God happy. What are some things that we could do to make God happy? What do you think? Maybe, uh, I don't know, go to church? Okay, so there's, there, there's some of our list. What about... Uh, Sunday school? Maybe that's okay. What else? What else do you think? Obey. obey? Yeah, like obey the laws? Yeah, exactly. Just like how that man said he was doing? Absolutely. So there are some commandments we've been given, so let's obey those commandments. Maybe pray for one another. Be nice to your sister maybe yeah be nice to your brothers how about love your family that could be on the list love your uh love your friends love your neighbor right jesus says that too um you can see like vacation bible school is in there and singing songs is in there uh, and reading the bible is in there uh pretty soon And we could go on and on and on, right? I got more paper here. We can make a bigger list. Pretty soon, our list gets pretty big, doesn't it? That's a big list. So all those things that we could do for God, how do we ever get that done? How would we ever make God love us if we have all these things to do? But that's okay, because the Bible tells us something different. The Bible says we can wind this list up and even though there are some really good things on this list, right? Like go to Sunday school and go to church and we should all still do those things. God doesn't need a list from us to love us because God loves us just the way we are. So we don't really need a list. We do those things because we love God, but we don't need a list for God to love us, right? God loves us just the way we are. And that's the message, you guys pray with me? Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for loving us, and we thank you that you love us just the way we are. There are many things that we can do to show you that we love you, but you love us just the way we are. No list required. Thank you, God. Amen. All right, thanks for coming up. Good to see you. Good luck on your bingo game as well. And this time, we continue our attitude of prayer with our own joys and concerns. I have a few to share, and I'm going to open up to any of you who would like to share uh, with those here today. So, of course, we we keep in mind uh, many of our sisters and brothers to the south of us not only because of Hurricane Florence, but of Hurricane Michael as well in the Florida Panhandle. Uh, You see pictures on the news of just the the destruction after the disaster and also people standing in line in need of food and water. So we continue to think of many in those areas in uh, the time where where they need relief. And on this day, uh, last week, we celebrated World Communion Sunday. And so we thought of our brothers and sisters around the world as we took communion together. Uh, But this Sunday, the northern province uh, of the Moravian Church has set aside this day as a prayer day for world mission. And so we think of all the places where Moravians are around the world. There are many to list. I'm not going to list them all now. But we certainly keep in mind Nepal, uh, especially that uh, Mike and Myra Jones, members of this congregation, are still there now working at the Moravian School. Uh, We keep in mind North Carolina, uh, as I said before, in the midst of the uh, the uh, the aftermath of the hurricane and many other parts of the Moravian world as well. So we, we keep all of our brothers and sisters in mind, those that uh, share one mission in Christ. Uh, so with all of that, are there uh, are there any other prayer joys and concerns to uh, to share today? How might we how might we pray for you today? Yeah, Scott. So Fantastic. Well, we re- rejoice with you upon that news. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, Callie. Keep your stepmother-in-law in our prayers during this transition in life as she enters into hospice. Are there other joys or concerns? Uh, yes, Marcia. So we'll keep John in our thoughts and prayers as uh, health concerns continue. So we'll keep Mary in our thoughts and prayers. Yes, Kay.
1: So just
0: for total. Absolutely. We'll we'll continue to keep you in our prayers as well. I'll also mention uh, one more that was lifted up at uh, the first service. Uh, Joyce Lewando uh, mentioned. Uh, her sister Naomi vote. Uh, Naomi, who, is, uh, who turned 99 on July 4th, uh, is uh, moving out of her home and into uh, a Sacred Heart uh, cool. living facility. So we will uh, keep Naomi in, in prayer as uh, she transitions homes at this time. So with all of that, let us come to our God in prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you for being with us, for hearing our praises to your name. We thank you for creating the world and creating us in your image. We thank you for your grace and for your love and for your mercy, that we do not need a list of things to do in order to show that we love you. And that you and and that you might love us. Rather, we know of your unconditional love for each and every one of us. And out of that love and out of our love for you, we do and we serve and we say many and we praise and we worship. And so, Lord, we thank you for your unending grace, love, and mercy. Lord, we ask that your spirit be upon us. Uh, many who are recovering right now, recovering in their own personal health and recovering from a disaster. And Lord, we think of uh, many who are in the role of caretakers, first responders, uh, providing aid and relief, uh, doctors and other volunteers and uh, police and fire department and other responders. Uh, Lord, we ask that you... uh, uh, with your spirit, give them uh, comfort and peace, as well as wisdom and strength uh, to respond uh, to those uh, to those needs that are around them. Lord, we give you thanks uh, for the many opportunities that we have to uh, uh, to celebrate. So we thank you for being together, the opportunity to be together with loved ones. We thank you for opportunities to travel. Uh, and thank you for traveling mercies which you have provided, and we continue to ask your mercies, your tra- for traveling mercies, for those who continue to travel as well. And we thank you for birthdays and anniversaries and other milestones, and we thank you for being our source of joy. And Lord, with all of our joys and concerns, we thank you for listening to our prayers, for being attentive to our hearts. Thank you for listening to all of the prayers that have been spoken in this room this morning. We trust that you hold each and every one of them close to you. And yet there are many other prayers that are still on our hearts. And so hear us now as we entrust the prayers of our hearts to you in this moment of silence. us and comfort all of your children, we pray, around the world as well as here. In Jesus' name, we live and move, have our being, and pray. Amen. Then we, we sing this song in response to our prayer, uh, that we have an opportunity to share our joys and concerns with one another. Well, this, this song addresses that as well, so we sing this as a response. So, you know that feeling you get when you're in the kitchen or you're out to eat somewhere and you take that first bite of food and you realize that something's kind of missing? You say, this is one thing away from really being good. And for me, most of the time, that one thing is either salt or hot sauce. And after that, I have no idea. So maybe some of you that are a little more culinarily gifted than I am might have a few more options than salt or hot sauce when it comes to uh, making food a little bit better. But regardless of what your level of culinary gifts are, I think we've all been there. We might not be able to put our finger on what the food needs, but we know when food seems to be just one step away from being really good. And I think that feeling carries over into other situations as well that we, we might go to a different place or an event and think boy if this really had like one more thing to it like music or something like that this would be a really good event. Or maybe it's oh, this this room in my house it's one focal object away from being how I want it decorated. And I think no matter what it is whether food or room decorations or or any aspect of our lives, we all have that ability to sense when something's just a little bit off. Again, we might not know what that thing is, but we know when something's a little bit off. And I think this is how the man who came to Jesus felt about his spiritual journey. It seems like he has a lot put together already. First off, he's kept a lot of the the big commandments since his youth do not steal, do not commit adultery, or kill, or lie, or be a fraud, and honor your father and mother. He's got all of that down. Plus, he's wealthy. He's got a lot of stuff, which means he's able to do things that perhaps other people might not, and he has status around town. People might know who he is, and many people back then, I guess as well as now, believe that Someone must be blessed by God if they were to have wealth or to have power. So if someone did have those things, it must be because God wanted them to have those things. Yet despite all of this, even though it seems like his life is pretty good, he feels compelled to kneel before Jesus, which, by the way, in the Gospel of Mark is only something that people do when they know they need healing. Healing from Jesus. He kneels before Jesus and asks, What must I do to inherit eternal life? So, this doesn't really sound like a man who is completely happy with his life. Is he happy? Yeah, probably. But clearly, he sees that something's missing. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone to Jesus in the first place. Maybe he's coming to terms with something with his wealth. Maybe he's coming to terms with that old saying that we know money can't buy happiness. He could buy himself as much as he wanted, all the stuff that he wanted he could surround himself with, but I guess at the end of the day, he's still going to have that same feeling that something isn't quite right in his life. So what does Jesus say to him? He says, give it all away. And oftentimes when we read this story, the whole camel through the eye of the needle story, we stop right there when Jesus says, give it all away. And in stopping there, we we do something to the story. We condemn the wealthy man for not being able to do that and think that the problem here is money, period, and that's it. But we're missing something if we stop right there. The first thing we miss is right before Jesus says that to give his belongings away, he looks at the man with love. It says it right there in the text. The man and his stuff is not inherently bad, because based on what Jesus says next, it's not the stuff or the getting rid of the stuff that he needs. It's a new focus on life that he needs sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and then come and follow me. Jesus says in, other, in, in different words to this man that for too long you've been focused on yourself, and wealth can do that to you. But the thing that you are missing is a focus on others, and giving to the poor will help give you what you lack. And in very different terms, this this lack, this this thing that this man needs, a focus on others, is what a guy named Michael Norton, a psychologist and professor at Harvard Business School, has talked about in his lectures that you can find online. He's done many TED Talks. uh, And he's written a book called Happy Money, The Science of Happier Spending. And his research shows that, in his words, money can buy happiness if we spend it in a certain way. And so, in a moment, in a, in a couple of seconds, hopefully, if all things work well with technology, I'm gonna play a video of him, a very short clip of him explaining what that means. So, if it doesn't play, we'll back up and try it again. So try one more click. Okay, let's back up. (laughs) Use the left arrow. And I'm going to have to use a little trick here. This is something they don't usually teach you in seminary, but I, I picked this up along the way.
2: that the relationship is really a lot more complicated than that. It's not too surprising to say that money can't buy you happiness, we've heard that phrase a lot. But that doesn't help us understand then what kind of spending will actually make us happy and what kind won't. What we tend to find when we look at the data is that the biggest category of things that people spend on is stuff for themselves. Of course we need to pay rent for our mortgage, we need to have a car, we need to have food and clothes. But it seems as though people are spending an inordinate amount of their money on stuff for themselves. And the biggest problem from our standpoint as psychologists is the percent of money that you spend on stuff for yourself is completely uncorrelated with how happy you are with your life. It doesn't make you unhappy. It's not like you buy a lot of stuff you're miserable, which sometimes we think is the case. It's just the case that it's flat. No matter how much it seems you buy for yourself, nothing really seems to happen. And so in our research, and other researchers as well, we try to look at, well, if stuff for yourself doesn't pay off, are there other things that you can spend your money on that actually do pay off in more happiness? And what Liz and I focused on most is this idea that instead of focusing on yourself all the time, which doesn't seem to pay off in happiness, when you focus on other people, you sort of reverse the arrow from me to you, it seems that on average when people give to others, which can be giving to charity, it can be treating a friend to lunch, it can be buying people gifts, that those actions of giving rather than keeping seem to be associated with more happiness. And when we send people out and give them money and tell them to spend it on themselves or spend it on somebody else, people who spend it on themselves kind of have the same day they would have had anyway. The people who spend on other people actually have a happier day. So if you think about the idea that stuff for yourself doesn't make you happy, you can think of two opposites of that. One is stuff for other people, so that's kind of giving makes you happier than keeping. But another opposite of stuff for yourself is to think about changing, you can still spend on yourself, but change from stuff to something else. And lots of research over the last decade has shown that on average, when people buy experiences, it tends to pay off in more happiness than buying stuff for themselves. And if you think about it, there's a lot of reasons for that. One of them, which is really critical is, often when we buy stuff for ourselves, we end up buying ourselves with our stuff. Think of yourself on your phone, like a video game whatever else it might be, if you're often alone with your stuff. Whereas experiences, yes, we do some experiences solo, but many, many experiences have built into them that they're social. If we go out to dinner or go see a movie or go on a hike, whatever else it might be, now we're with other people. And uh, even though people sometimes annoy us a lot, it turns out that talking to other people makes us happy. Even casual interactions with other people make us happier than sitting by ourselves in a room. So experiences are more interesting and all those things, but they also actually kind of serve to commit us to spending time with other people, and that's partly why experiences pay off in so much more happiness.
0: So, here is someone from a very different perspective not a religious or a Christian perspective, but a scientific business and secular perspective, saying that stuff doesn't make you happy, but making connections with others does. Jesus' message about loving others can be summed up in a way that many of us know, do unto others as you would have done unto you. And this phrase drives our focus onto the needs of other people. But because that word do is in there, I think we often think that only goes for our actions and the things that we do. But this rule, this golden rule as we've come to know it, goes for our words as well. Say unto others as you would have said unto you. And it works for the fruits of our labor and our money as well. Give unto others as you would have them give unto you. Imagine a world that operated like that. Because most of the time, our world does not operate like that. Because we're told all of the time, bombarded with this message that we need to look out for number one. All the time and that we need more stuff in order to be satisfied with our lives that's just a, an inherent message in advertising today and as much as we'd like to obey that rule give unto others as you would have them give unto you and receive that happiness that Michael Norton is talking about or have that focus on others like that man desired to have that Jesus was telling him about, as much as we would like to do that, that can really be tough to follow through with in a world that tells you that you should be really focusing on yourself. So, in order to turn us back to focusing on the needs of others and living with generosity, we're going to a time of confession right now. Or another term for confession is to repent, which literally means to turn back. So to turn back again to generosity, this is what we would like to do in saying this prayer, to get another start when it comes to that, to focusing on the needs of others again, to being good stewards again, to living how Jesus would have us live once again. So with all of that in mind, we are going to continue with our liturgy of stewardship because where we left off is exactly what we might need. A confession, an opportunity for us to turn around and focus on the needs of others. So with that, confessing that we have strayed from your holy will, we humbly acknowledge our sins before you. Merciful God, God, we confess that we have sinned in many ways, times, and places. We have mishandled this good earth entrusted to our care, and we have misused our personal gifts, hurting others and others. Forgive our false pride, which hides our negligence, and forgive our careless acts which destroy your handiwork. In your mercy, correct our faults and restore us to responsible, compassionate living. Let us now take a moment of silence for our own personal confession. Hear and know that the Lord is good. God forgives those who are contrite in heart. Live in peace, for God's steadfast love endures forever. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Let us be grateful for all that God has provided. Inspire us, God of mercy, to be thankful for what we have received. So with that prayer, we will lead right into a time of offering. Our first of many opportunities that we have, once we have now turned back around to the needs of others, now we have an opportunity, one of many, that we can address that need, to love one another as we had first been loved. So let us now enter into a time of offering.
3: focus on the knowledge that you never desert us and never send us away in need. But these, use these gifts to share your love with others. We ask this in the name of your Son, who came to remind us of your closeness and to give his life so that ours might be eternal.
0: Amen. We have come to our closing song for today. and this song will kind of merge into our, uh, the end of our liturgy and our sending blessing for today. And so since it's all in one piece, I would invite you to stand as we close our time together. As we are standing ready to go out and serve the Lord, may this be our benediction, our sending blessing for today. May the words of our lips and the meditations of our hearts, may the deeds of our hands and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O God, our Creator, through Christ our Lord and the Holy Spirit, one God of all, world without end. Amen. Sisters and brothers, may you go in peace to love and serve the Lord.